You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Uh, we got a text about the mouth skin. It's on fire. Oh, there's none left. It's actually eating a hole through my cheek. I can stick my finger through it. Yeah, the- on the can now. Probably for the rest of the day. And Maddie Rose. <sighs> okay. I went Fine. the same way. It was yeah, a stick was- for a while. Now I'm worried about my health. Back to the porcelain horse. My stomach is f- We may as well do flames allergy seed next time. We can eat peanut butter or get stung by bees while we give flames takes. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I hope you don't mind that I shared some of those texts with uh, the audience. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. That was so good. There we go. Now I can hear my voice. Are you good? Yeah, I was. I was gonna, you know, even go harder on that and just say, "Why don't you get bitten by poisonous snakes? Different <laughs> levels of venom, to, you know, and then you can take your take to the next okay. level before you die." Uh, it's hour two. It's a big show. <laughs> Ruskin Rose. I was falling set. apart. I was falling apart on Friday. Like literally falling apart. I was sweating. I didn't move. Okay. I was sweating in mm-hmm. my office all day. And people, are like, you're in the office all day today. Like that's weird. Yeah. I'm like, if I, I can't be. A, I have to be within 20 feet of a bathroom. I really do. Yeah. Okay. I'm falling apart. Uh, that is the voice of Brent Cron. It's a big show. <laughs> Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 <laughs> to fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. That's the solution snake. That's our big show flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron. Brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited. Your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that swings, slides, or rolls. Call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. You're referring to, uh, we played, uh, if you're new to the program, uh, we played uh, Flames Hot Seat, where the three of where the three of us ingest really hot sauces, and then uh, we give Flames takes. Uh, you uh, didn't really sit with you well, Maddie. You were suffering as well. You know, actually, me for a guy, I didn't think I could really take that much hot food. I was kind of okay after because the wings were delicious. But you were actually sweating, and you were wearing a white T-shirt, and I could see the sweat stains like pouring through your white shirt. Yes, yes, especially in the center of my chest. You mm-hmm. can see the beads. The the the, yeah. the the soft cotton you, shirt that I was wearing was absorbing the salty sweat from my body. Uh, you also tried uh, the little black bottle called The End yes. with our friend Michael from Potsy. And uh, did you make peace with your God before you tried that? Michael and I were talking after the show. Okay. And I felt like he had it worse because I got to warm up. You know, I got to hit the treadmill yeah, for a walk yeah. and then a jog and then a light, you know, and then a more intense jog and then a full-on sprint and then a full-on sprint off a cliff, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas he just got basically punched right in the jibs with that thing. So it, it, everything was <laughs> yep. on it's fire. Extreme. But he's like, wow, that's crazy. And But, like, I've been basically... Uh, you waited in. I was I was tested on. Mm-hmm. I was, a, you know, I was a guinea pig or a mouse in a lab. And, you know, after a while, Sad. you just become numb to all of it, but internally, you're damaged. I think I have internal damage. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate uh, <laughs> I appreciate you adding to the show, participating in the stupid game that we do. The next <laughs> time we're doing is in February. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you Late know, February. And, and I was thinking, too, you know, because it's your game, I think that, that you're able to withstand the test because you kind of know what's going on, right? It's mm. your idea. So you're like, hey, you got you to be supportive of it. Matt and I... Yeah. Like I said, we're guinea pig. We're just we're just doing what you know. Hey, this is a great challenge mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah, and we're just you know we're we're not against it, but we're not for it. We're in the middle, right? Right. And so we're just we're not in control. Is what I'm trying to say. And therefore, I feel like I'm in a bit of trouble here. You know. What uh, I, mean? I have a new uh, segment I thought of last night, lying in bed. Oh, awesome! Yeah, <laughs> getting hit by a truck. No, outside. <laughs> no, different like a half ton, quarter ton, or three right. ton. See if you right. can survive. No, <laughs> flames grilling. It's going to be called. 
What does that mean, though? Well, what, you wait. What's the concept? You wait. No, that's what he said earlier, too. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to great bail idea. <laughs> I'm going to bail it. told me it was something about grilling. Oh, no, no, no. I have the concept in my head. Yeah. But I will unveil it this week. Okay. Oh, good. With good. you here. I believe that's called, uh, as we in the biz say, a cliffhanger. Or a, it's actually we'll a tease. A tease. But, yeah. All right. I like how you tried. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a radio guy now, Bron. I'm bought in. Yeah. You were... <laughs> You, you really, you really have. My three hours a week have now made me a profession, professional. Yeah, in the yeah. in the radio yeah. world, yes. you got to say it like that too. Yeah, yeah absolutely, because yeah, nobody does. <laughs> professional. Um, yeah, we're gonna do that this week. Matthew Pavon, the professional yes. golfer. So, uh, yes, I uh, I'm looking forward. The to saliva the... in my mouth makes my I don't know whatever, whatever that tattoo was <laughs> dumb. Um, Flames. Uh, oh boy, uh, with that one nothing win. Over the Blackhawks, they creamed them on Saturday. <laughs> so I was, How about play? I was, I was telling the guys at the top of the show, like I watched that game on Saturday night, like a dog would watch television. <laughs> I was just looking at pictures and, and colors and sounds <laughs> with my mouth open and my eyes just glossed over because that was. You want to talk about a low event hockey game? Good lord, that was a low event hockey game. And Jacob Markstrom standing on his heads. How many breakaways? Do the Calgary Flames give up to a team that now, by the way, has lost 20 straight road games, which is kind of incredible in Gary's league of parody and fake playoff races that a team loses 20 straight road games. But again, Jacob Markstrom continues to be the best flame this season. And I, I told these guys, the save he made at the end of the game was shades of Marc-Andre Fleury in the 09 <laughs> Stanley Cup final. The pad stack? Yeah, how he just exploded across the crease to just to, to secure that shutout yeah. and the one nothing win over the Connor Bedardless Blackhawks. You know, one of the Markstrom kept me awake for that game and also Rick Ball saying Kachuk. I actually it was actually starting to bother me like he was mispronouncing Kachuk. And I yep. had to go look for the spelling. Because like it's yeah. Kachuk. And I'm like, this is come on, this can't be real. Oh, it's right. like uh, but it is. Old Frank with Zadarov. <laughs> oh, I, I did hear that one morning. Yeah. And you know Zadarov, you're like, who who are you talking to? Please, or would, would you mind saying that again? Uh, Evgeny Nabokov. <laughs> yeah, Nab- Nabokov. That's a weird. That, you can't know what? Even say that. That uh, that they won the game, right? So that's you know, that's one of those games you forget. Uh, that's why we. That's why we have you in as an right? analyst. They won the game, so we'll we'll get that out of the way right okay. off the bat. That there was what three players that actually played the game Saturday night. Oscar uh, said six, six Ray, or seven. He was probably watching <laughs> a bit more intently than I was, but uh, um, fair. You, I you know, so. you know what I. Uh, <laughs> oops. You know what I had a problem with though, like when the when the Flames played the Oilers and those stretch passes that the Oilers were able to get behind the Flames D a lot. You can yeah. kind of say, hey, well, you have McDavid, you know, you have Drysaddle, you have Hyman. You got guys that can get behind you, right? They, they, you got to respect the players on the ice, and you can't uh, you can't play them too closely. They'll they'll embarrass you. How many times did did the Blackhawks players get behind the Flames D? Like how many? I saw. I kept seeing Anderson and Gilbert. Their numbers chasing a, 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 mm-hmm. a Blackhawks player on a breakaway, and I'm sitting here. We are playing the Blackhawks. I, yes, they've had the Flames number, but you have your goaltender stealing you a game from one of the crappiest teams in the National yeah. Hockey League, and your goalie has to steal that right. game for without you without their superstar. Without like, yeah. It's, it's it's not like the Vancouver Canucks are in town with yes. Pedersen and Hughes, and you're like, okay, top team in the West. We, they're giving we're giving up breakaways. No, you're playing a team that heading into the game has lost 19 straight road games. I guess a team that has 
AHL players all over it, and then all of a sudden the Flames held on for dear life in a one nothing win. It's it's remarkable, and you know what's the motivation you need for Marks? Well, you know these sleep these are sleepy games. You know you're you're going to get a lot of shots. It's like it, but it's not even they're quality chances. They're not throwing pucks on net. It's great save. No, Markstrom had to work for that shutout. Thirty-two saves, yeah. <laughs> and of those thirty-two, I'd be very curious to see what they would mark as scoring chances in that game. Twenty-one, eighteen. I don't know, but I know that after the first natural stat trick had high danger chances, like nine-one in Chicago's favor. <laughs> you know? The heat map was lit up there. <laughs> oh, we yeah, it's yeah. it's not no bueno for old uh, <laughs> yeah, team. The, it, was, it was really hot on the Chicago side, and the Flames side could have definitely used a ray of sunshine <laughs> on the heat 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 map because they definitely were not generating any chances after that first period. Again, like you want to talk about low event hockey? My and, goodness, and I'm I in a game like that too, where it's a sleepy game. I was looking to guys like Klapka to to wake up a little bit, right? He got stapled to the bench there in a, in a game. Bad hooking penalty in oh, the neutral zone. But, but move your feet. Yep. You're huge. And you he's got a, good boots. And you got a giant wingspan. And sometimes it's easier just to stiffen those legs and get your stick in there because you can reach them. But it's obvious. Mm-hmm. The guy was nine feet away from him. And he could still get him and hook yep. his arm, right? Yep. And, you know, that's, that second line there... Uh, um, that's missing. Uh, is it second? Cadre without Pospisil. If you, you yes, wanted, yeah. if you wanted a number, yeah. Yeah. Was on the line. you know, yeah. right? They shuffled them because Coronado was up with Lindholm and Sharon Govich. They're missing Pospisil on that line too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this is something we talked about. And again, Maddie brought up a great point. Like Cadre and Zary miss Pospisil yes. on that line. Really? But then he's like, "Well, shouldn't Cadre <laughs> elevate his play because you're paying him seven million dollars and he's supposed to be this Does he elite?" He's won a Stanley Cup, and you want like. The fact that you're like, we need this guy that everyone thought was going to be in the minors for the entire season to be here for him yeah. to be successful. Like, what is that? That's yeah, ridiculous. But That's preposterous. I think Pospisil, take, we've discussed, takes a lot of heat off of Kadri for being a, a rat out there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Pospisil is able to get in there. Kadri is able to play his game a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that was missing. I thought Coronado, you know, he's, he's still kind of playing like an American Hockey League player, Tat. You know, that there's... Oh, well, I, I, well, again, we kind of talked about it, and I want to get your insights. Yeah. He looks like an American hockey player in this way. It's the it's the speed, and it's the strength, or lack thereof. Like, I think his skating needs a little better, more improvement, and again, just losing the battles in the offensive zone, that that's hurting this guy. And again, the, the raw ability is there, the talent is there, and the release is incredible in the shot, but again, just, he needs more man strength. Because the NHL is is tough to play, and it's a big league. It's very strong. It's very physical, and I feel like those are the things that, if you're a Flames fan, you can take solace in the fact that he can work on that in the offseason. He can get stronger. He can hit the gym. He can work on his skating. Because I, I think you see it in games where that's glaring. It is to me anyway. I don't know if it is to you. Let me tell you something. Okay, please do. Nine years in the American Hockey League for this guy. Yours, just true. nine. Just nine. That's it. A cool nine years. That league is littered with NHL talent. Mm-hmm. Guys that are have, have unbelievable hands that can score at will that are missing, you know, they're small. Are you talking about Matthew Phillips? Is that who you're describing? <laughs> I'm talking about sorry, a million uh, guys. If you refer to our text line when the flames let him go, next Martin St. Louis. Mm. <laughs> that could still happen. And there are so many players that have NHL skill, but there's always something missing in their game, whether mm. it's skating, whether it's winning battles, whether it's size, whether it's consistency. Consistency. You know, speed, yep. right? Determinate, you know, because 
the, th- the good thing about Coronado is he's young, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he can soak all this in because at the American League level, he's, he's pumping goals. You're like, wow, you know, I'm just, I can, I can do what I want out here. No, that next jump isn't going to be that big because, you know, this I'm playing against men and I'm out of college and I'm playing against guys that have played in the National Hockey League, I, you know, and that's, that's a stepping stone. And now when you get to the National Hockey now everybody's big, fast, can do everything you can do, and now he's got to figure out how he can put that all together for yep. what his skill set is in the National Hockey League. And, and being in the American Hockey League and giving a guy some seasoning is not as bad as young players think it is, especially nowadays because you're so used to just being on the straight train to the top, and especially the elite players from minor hockey all the way right. up that keep hitting those bars. It's like, mm-hmm. well, no, the next level for me is the National Hockey League, and that's it. It's not a demotion going to the American League. You, yeah. you ha- For a guy like Coronado... You know, he's, he's got to take his learnings to the National Hockey League and, 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 and move forward. Uh, when I worked with Flames assistant coach Mark Savard in Toronto, he told me this, and I'll never forget it off the air. He goes, George, the step between the OHL or major Canadian major junior hockey and the AHL is one step. Yeah. The step from the AHL to the NHL is four. Yeah. He goes, people don't realize how impossible it is from the AHL to play NHL hockey. And I think Coronado is seeing that right yep. now. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. No. He is a super young guy who just needs a little more seasoning. Yes. And those things that he can work on are very achievable. It's not like, okay, this guy just doesn't have the talent. He has he has gobs of talent. It's just you want him to do those things because right now he gets a little exposed at this level, which is fine because that's what that's what the fans want to see anyway. You want to see your young players learning on the job, and that's what Matt Coronado is doing. Should they send him down sooner than later? They already have. I know, but I mean, like, well, be, there's also the break. But yeah. I'm saying when the break's done, does he come back up? Does he play a regular shift? Should he come back up and play a regular shift, Cron? Well, you, you guaranteed they went and talked to him you know, when they sent him down, saying, hey, you're going down, all-star break. We need, these are the things that you need to work on. Or He's going to the all-star, too. Right. And so... You know, they probably say, hey, what do you think you need to work on? What are the differences do you feel between the American Hockey League and the National Hockey League? And they'll sit down and have a conversation about things he needs to work on. I think they call him right back up afterward. I do. Okay. I really do. I mean, he hasn't been tremendous in the National Hockey League level, but going back down, it's another kick, right? It's like another motivation for him. He's a young guy. I wouldn't mind giving him another chance after the break. I really wouldn't, but who's coming back? I mean, Like, that's the thing, like... (sighs) They've said they don't want to play him on the fourth line. They'd rather put him in the A and have him skate 18, 19 minutes a night, which is fair. Sure. Um, and Pospisil's going to be back. He was taken off IR and even practiced ahead of that game. Oh, good. Coleman didn't practice on Saturday because um, he had that thing he blocked with his hand. He'll probably be fine, obviously. He played in that game, and he, now they got the 10-day break or whatever. But with Pospisil coming back, all of a sudden, everything kind of falls back into place. Mm-hmm. So where does he slot then? And for, for a player of that of Coronado's caliber, it's hard to hear, where you're only coming in on the top two lines. You're only coming in in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. You're not coming in to be a checker. You're not coming in to be a six-minute guy. He skated 15 minutes on Saturday. That's a good number for him. Absolutely it is. It's a great number. And so he's going to go back, and I hated that line, too. Every time you know I get sent down and talk to the coaching staff, they're like, Ugh. you know, Kippersoft's going to play between 68 and 75 games, and we just don't want you. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Is that it? They literally told you that. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> So listen, Kron, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. That guy's going to play every night, yes. and you're just going to sit behind him. Right. And you're going to watch. You're going to watch. So you know what? We want a guy that's ready, and you're going to go back down. I'm like, yes, I know. I get it. I understand. <laughs> and you can't argue with that logic because a guy that's, you know, it's yes, it's fun to collect your your paycheck on the bench in the, in the National Hockey League and, 
you know, not play a bunch of games. And that's that's a that's a unique role too that's kind of been lost as the like the official backup goalie that comes in and gets you wins. Like Curtis McElhinney was really good in that role in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League, right? Playing behind Vasilevsky and a bunch of other good ones where you know, he knew his role, he understood it. And now it's mostly by committee, by one A, one B. But yeah, just that yeah, you know, go go down and play because we want you to play. We want you to get confidence. We want we want to put you in situations that matter. That the game's on the line, that you can, you know, be on the ice with the under a minute left on the, you know, with a with a goalie pulled or, you know, whatever, or even with the lead playing defense. He's not going to be put in those situations in the NHL yet. I have a question that's super dumb that came to my mind over the weekend. Well, There's no such thing as dumb questions. No, this one is. Uh, okay. As I was watching some of the games on the weekend, how much of the game do you have to watch on the Jumbotron when you're watching from the bench? <laughs> I, zero. Really? I, well, you can see all the corners? I could. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, it's minus when I was in Chicago backing up. It's, I am not going to make a you sitting on the bench joke. <laughs> I know. Everybody else on the text line. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Satan just whispered in my ear, and I'm yeah. like, not today. You know what? Well, I figured he was the one to ask. Okay. It, it depends. Well, I, you know what? I shouldn't say never. It depends on where the back of goalie sits. Because okay. in Chicago, I had to sit in the dressing room on a football. Oh, yeah. Because- watching the t- on TV. <laughs> right? On yeah. a football? On a football. Because he didn't have a chair. I mean, they have a chair, but I wasn't going to go get it. And they just rolled the ball over for me to sit on. I'm like, really? It's gonna hurt my abs sitting here, right? Like, <laughs> I gotta be just in case getting I have a, to go in a little workout. Yeah, there. exactly. I'm gonna do the old side the side abs, the yeah. abductors, okay, or the adductors or whatever they're yeah, called, yeah. the side abs, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just sitting there watching the game. It's like, oh, my back's getting stiff, and I'm gonna take my gear off, my top half. And anyway, I don't know. It's just some buildings. It's really nice, but the Flames have a terrible jumbotron compared, was... compared to the national rest of the National Hockey League, where it's like it's a 75 foot it's the last of the old style yeah yes. for sure i was just watching i don't know if it was saturday or sunday when i was at the hitman game and, and one of the assistant coaches every time the play was in the offensive zone he just really had to watch the jumbotron but yeah i, I mean that's fair I because guess. like it's like sometimes when you sit along the glass right you yeah. lose a lot of for sure the angle so i don't know dumb question sorry no i i would look up for for uh for re for uh replays <laughs> yep. whatever right but i do remember in prince george there was no there was no uh, jumbotron. There was, but there was yeah. no TV screen. But the way we would sit, the building used to be full for those games. And when when I was playing, mm-hmm. and uh, the fans were would get on you. You know, mm-hmm. it was it's a kind of a remote, MPG. yeah, a remote yeah, yeah. city. Yeah, it's right? a bit of an outpost. Um, and so you get in, and we would play like a Friday, Saturday night in Prince George, or a Friday night, and then drive down to Canton, whatever. And you know, it was that we were staying in a hotel that was attached to a casino. There's a lot of bright lights in your window, uh, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're 17, 18 years old. How right? rocking is the casino in PG? Oh, man. At the time, I think it was, we came in on a Friday, so it's somebody's payday, right? Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I'll never forget, I think yeah, we played first night I backed up, and um, the seats are right beside where I sit, too. There's a piece of glass in between. Okay. And the, the guy is, is, is he's using his mouth. <laughs> to 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 lip me off. I guess there's no other way to do it. But I was going to say other thing, but I, I, okay. I, yeah, I just stopped. But he's he's he, he's giving me a hard time, right? And I'm kind of leaning over. I'm 17. I'm quiet, so I'm not really gonna. You're 17. I'm 17. I'm in yeah. Prince George. I'm gonna get the crap beat out of me. Were after you a little game. meek as a 17? I was very meek. Okay. And I was I was a pimple face too. Okay. Right? Oh no. And uh, so anyway, uh, he kept lipping me off, and some of them were good, but some of them were hurtful. You know, they hurt my feelings. Words hurt sometimes. Yeah, so I stood for the that. rest of the game. I stood so he couldn't watch, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the, he was trying to flag down security to get me to sit down. And I was just not. I was just ignoring him the whole time. And I stood there for two period for the whole game for the rest of the game. He couldn't see in the far end. 
I loved every second of it. I wish I knew that guy's name right now, because that that was the first time. That was my first interaction with a heckler. With a heckler. Look at you. Yeah. Prince George's. Actually, that's not true. My first interaction with a heckler is in the Paw, Manitoba, playing against the Opaskwayak Cree Nation Blizzard, getting roasted (laughs) Friday and Saturday night, getting spit on, and it was off. I was fifteen. OCN Blizzard. Oh man. (laughs) Listen. Listen, I was 15! What, <laughs> listen, what kind of adult spits at a 15-year-old? Kid? I don't even know if that person was an adult. It yeah. could have been another kid. A nine-year-old. The NJ is ruthless. It is ruthless. And the, the only reason why they could do this is because the second level was, there was no seats. It was standing over top of me so they could look down <laughs> on me and they could just yell at me the whole time. And there was no netting. They were squirting ketchup at me oh and mustard. God. And, there, and when I'd walk out... <laughs> Onto the ice, <laughs> there was no protection for the players, so I'm getting like you know the the two finger eye poke to the eyes. They're trying to grab my mask and take my stick, and by the time I'm getting out onto the ice, like I got basically a blocker on my right skate. By the time I get out there, everything else has been taken from me. And like eight minutes in, bench clearing brawl, and I'm 15 years old, and there's and my dad's listening on the radio, and I and it was a Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, and Dauphin came back that night. It, I was a man by the time I got back home. <laughs> Everything, I was, I had some hair on my you-know-whats after that. that yeah. was, uh, I played all uh, all three games. That was... Uh, Once, twice, arms. three times a lady crime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Never been run so many times in my life. Uh, that is the voice of the solution snake, uh, Brent Cron, or Big Show Flames Analyst, brought to you by All Kind Door Services. Straight ahead, did we see maybe a final game of a Flames career over the weekend? We'll do that. And we got some goalie statistics to show you. Awesome. We'll do that next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour, NFL on CBS. Charles Davis will join us to wrap up Championship Sunday and look ahead to Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. Love that guy. He's great. So smart. He's actually, you know how much I don't pay attention to football? Right. I actually listen... To him, talk about football. Yeah, because he's engaging. Yes, he's articulate. I really like him. Super intelligent. Mm-hmm. We'll get Charles Davis's take on what transpired over the weekend and look ahead to the big game, as electronic stores call it, when they sell TVs. The big game, yeah. same as uh, bars and restaurants yeah. when they're running promotions. We're showing the big game on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, when I worked at the big box store, um, where they sell electronics. The mm-hmm. blue and yellow guys. Yes, when I was the hello, goodbye guy. Yeah. Hello there. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Yeah. Goodbye Hello. there. <laughs> you have a great night. Uh, what we, we used to happen during the big game is dudes used to come in and buy a big screen TV for the game and then return them on like the Monday or the Tuesday right away. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't for me. You know what? I, I did that in the minors. I would go buy a TV at Walmart and then I would return hey, it at the end of the season. A big box store. Right. Sorry, pardon me. Yeah. And, and I would go buy the TV, and six months later, because we wouldn't be in the playoffs, I'd just say, hey, listen, the cord doesn't work anymore. And they're like, sure, <laughs> just fire it back there. You wouldn't mind kicking it down the road over there? And we'll <laughs> sure. just rebox that and send it back. Right? Did they? Did that big box store also give you a nice pair of fresh khakis to wear? No. <laughs> no? How many khakis do you own? Zero. I'm One. not American. Americans wear khakis all the time. Well, right? On the, the sideline of yeah, an NFL game? Yes, exactly. Okay. I've never owned a pair of khakis. Really? Yeah. You own some slacks? I got slacks. Okay. Yeah, I got lots of slacks. <laughs> yeah, you got all right. well, I, got, yeah. I got slacks. Yeah. Freaking slacks, uh, That's bro. the voice of a slack-wearing Brent Cron, who the is uh, Curtis. Slack. The solution <laughs> slack. <laughs> the slack slang and solution snake. <laughs> uh, courtesy of all kind door services. Um, flames of the... Ooh. One nothing win Slack over the Blackhawks on Saturday night. You know what? 
that game just it just popped into my head now. Yeah. It reminded me of a game in my career. Zabu. Uh, we were playing against the San Antonio Rampage. It was the end of the year. It was in Omaha, I believe. Mm. And we were both not in the playoffs. We had to, you know, win out at the end of the season. We had three three nights. We were in, uh, at home in Omaha Friday, in Houston Saturday, and then Sunday we were Sunday afternoon we were in San Antonio. And Mike Smith was playing goal in in, uh, in Houston. And so we won, I think, Friday night. It kept our hopes alive. But we lost in a shootout Saturday night in Houston. Was it your fault? Well, more than likely. Okay. Yeah, it was always my fault no matter what, right? Okay. I got told I let in a lot of American League goals by ah, cer- certain people. And, okay. uh, and that's fair. I was in the American Hockey League, so that was the reason for it. Yeah, I mean, they're um, all American League hockey goals. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, the Sunday, I'm like, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play this game. It's going to be nice just to relax. No, nope, you're in for that last oh. game of the season, too, and you're not in. So fair, whatever. That's my job, right? Um, and I remember stre- stretching at center ice for warm-up, and San Antonio was not in the playoff race, and we were done. And I, we were, a bunch of us were just stretching. And, you know, it's kind of a faux pas then to kind of talk across the red line, like, hey, how was your night? What did you do? How are things? But we were all kind of stretching almost together. <laughs> and we're just like, this game is meaningless. <laughs> Let's just try to keep the whistles to a minimum here, boys. Right? You know, you know, if we're, Gron, if we're dumping the puck in, just go out and play it. We won't really challenge you that much. We'll send some <laughs> pressure in. You know, if you make a save... <laughs> We'll just dissipate, and you can just pass it off to your D-man. I mean, I'm it's like I'm, a shinny. <laughs> pretty much, there's like eight. There's eight people in the stands in, in, in that AT&T building. It's a massive it's building. It's massive building. Yeah. There's nobody there watching, and you know I'm exaggerating a tad because the game obviously wasn't that obvious. But I, I could be mistaken. But it was one of the fastest games in American hockey. We were we were curious to see what it would take from puck drop mm-hmm. to end to see exactly how long. That game took because we're like, get the hell out of here. It's, we live in Omaha, right? Like, you know, our U-Hauls are booked. Like, let's just like, so that what I'm saying is, is that game Saturday night was like, the boys are going on vacation. Yeah. They got that fresh sand between their toes, salt water, salt spray hitting the hull of a yacht that they're going to rent. Mm. Right. And their, oh. their minds are already mm. gone. Right. Uh, except for, uh, except for Markstrom. Um, yeah. I, I teased it before the break. Um, was that potentially could be? I don't know. Like, there's 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 nine days here. <sighs> Did we see the last of Elias Lindholm? Maybe as a Calgary Flame? No. Okay. There's a chance if there's a nice deal on the table because I'm sure they already know what the price tag is for mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm. I'm sure they've gauged a ton of interest around the league. And I'm just saying, with this big long break. Maybe that was the last time we saw him in a Calgary Flames uniform. Unlikely, because maybe more teams get into it at the deadline. But again, with how tight teams are against the cap, what that price tag might cost. Maybe there's an injury here this week to a team that would potentially want to trade for Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Could that be the last game maybe we saw him as a Calgary Flame? Unlikely, but maybe. It could be. Yeah. It very well could be. Uh, could not be either. But... Um... The, this nine-day break, I can imagine Craig Conroy and the boys are going to be uh, combing through performances and scouting well, records and I, seeing who's doing what. I will say the entire scouting staff was in town all last week for the pro scouting meetings for the entire group. So now those are done, and I'm sure that the the game plan for everything up until March the 8th is kind of starting to get put into place right now. The one thing that I would say is just that, you know, with the money, if there's teams that don't have anybody in LTIR, like I look, for instance, at the Winnipeg Jets, they're continuing to accrue cap space every day by not having anybody on LTIR. So by deadline, they'll have more cap space. 
So I do wonder if that that's always a, a reason that sometimes these deals do take a little bit longer to get done. Now, there's other teams like the Avalanche and the Bruins who have players in LTIR, so they don't accrue daily cap space. So for them, what they have now is what they're going to have at the deadline. I just wonder if that's also a case if, you know, like we've talked about a lot over the last few years, the salary cap is very much relevant to any type of deal that you have of to course. do. And I feel like maybe the Lindholm deal will include a third team to maybe take some more money if it's a team like the Avalanche or the Bruins. You imagine Elias Lindholm at like a buck 25 or something like that? <laughs> Not bad. That wouldn't be bad. But we talked about this uh, before he jumped in, Kron. Is is somebody really going to pay him $9 million a year? Like if that 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 deal that was rumored, you know, that the Flames offered him, you know, 8 by 9 or 9 by 8, that's what I meant. $9 million for Elias Lindholm, really? I don't know. I th- you know what? He's a, he's, a, he's a really good player. And again, I, I hate comparables in the NHL because it's the only league that does it. Yeah, but when it's so, it's so it's it's hilarious too. It's it, you know like Hannafin too. I mean, I'll get to your Lindholm point in a second. I'd love. I can't wait to hear it. Okay, Lind or uh, Hannafin, he's been good as a Flame. He's really he's been. This is the best I've seen him play in a Flames uniform for the first part of the season here, and it's a contract year. And you kind of get that. It's like the Alexei Kovalev effect too. It's like he'd play. Great every four years or five years where he just liked the lead, you know, and I'm the William Nylander effect. And I'm I'm sitting here, it's just like from as a fan, I mean, you know, what do you if you're gonna give Lindholm nine million bucks? I mean, the Flames aren't going to do that. And his short tenure this season allegedly they wanted to at the start, because I mean I, I even was on record saying I would have no problem giving it to him because mm-hmm. of just the the how talented and defensively responsible that Lindholm is. He's he's an unbelievable hockey player. And we've just seen him be very disinterested. And questions arise: Do you do you want to be in Calgary? So Calgary stepped up to the plate, said, "Yeah, well, we we want to do this with you." He was uncertain, didn't want to, and now his his play hasn't been that great. But he's been in the league long enough where you kind of know what type of player he is and what he can do. How old is he? I don't have a computer in front of me. I mean, he's what late twenties? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty eight. He just turned twenty nine relatively yeah. recently. So you're gonna you're gonna sign. Of course, he wants term. December. He turned twenty nine. Yeah, of course. Those those guys want term, right? I mean, they want to lock in now. I mean, this is, could potentially be one of his last or second last contract. He's gonna get well, this. It. This is the last one where he's really gonna cash in for sure, yeah. right? So you're you, you know, you got to look after yourself in this situation too. I I agree, but uh, for him to command nine now, just in this. I just don't think the offensive upside is there to get $9 million. No, That's but, essentially what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, is Elias Lindholm $2 million worth more than Nazem like, Kadri? Here's the thing. What like what, is, what do you see average? Do you think he is? I do. Yeah, I do, for okay, sure, yeah. without a doubt. Do you okay. what, what do you see his average point total as? Like, is Elias Lindholm on any other team? What is he? What do you, what do you see Elias Lindholm as, as an offensive player? I think if you're paying him $9 million, he has to hit north of 65 points. Which I think is doable for for Lindholm. is that reasonable? I think it's reasonable for him. Yep, I'm just trying to look here and see how many times he's done that in like his career. He, how many points does he have this season? It's not a lot. Well, he's got 32 this year. Oof. Yeah, I think he's on pace for 54. Right, and he's yeah. having a bad year. Like we're we see him every day. We know what he can do. So we're obviously hard. It's like your kids. It's like I could watch any other kid play hockey, and it's like I don't even get worked up. It's like oh yeah, no, well, but no, no question. Wrestling home makes the Avalanche of the Bruins and the and the Jets yeah. automatically better. There's no question. Yeah, and again, Elias Lindholm, much like the Blake Coleman conversation we're having, that it's great Blake Coleman's having a career year, but if you're the Flames, it's not good that Blake Coleman's leading your team in scoring. But he's not going to be a leading scorer on whichever team he gets traded to. Exactly, he's slot much better because he is a. I think he would be the best, one of the best second line centers in all the NHL. Yes, which is worth nine million dollars. I agree. 
right? And, and the other thing here too is like nine million dollars. Salary cap could go up by ten within three years. Plus inflation. Mm-hmm. Right, but but that's okay. You got to <laughs> count. count in inflation. Thank you. This guy's you. got solutions. He knows. Right. Um, but but the thing is with the cap too, you don't want to get reckless with it going up because then you run into all these other problems. I don't think signing Elias Lindholm to any eight-year deal is reckless. You think it'll age well? Yeah, I do. Okay, it's like Backlund. It's pretty similar. Or like uh, he's like Backlund with more offensive upside. Or and, uh, uh, we haven't seen much of dip in Backlund's game as he's hit at his mid thirties. But I don't think there's any question that Backlund's been better than Lindholm all year. No, but that's but that's not relevant to the point necessarily. The point is the style of play that they have and how they've aged on a curve and how a lot of people would have figured Backlund would have started to fall off one by now. Uh, and a lot of the, the season he's been their best center. The the point I'm making is Backlund is like a four million dollar player and he's outplayed Lindholm was supposedly a nine million dollar player. That's what I'm saying. You're 100 percent right this year, right? A like ba- Backlund has been the best centerman on this team the entire year. Yes, he was the best centerman on this team last year. But that's and and they have this guy who is this you know supposed number one center guy who plays a 200 foot game and plays in all situations. And I appreciate all of that, but I think Elias Lindholm is something that I've really noticed since I've moved here. Is a lot of Flames fans and people who watch this team all the time they get used to a lot of mediocrity. Right? They do. Like, Elias Lindholm's a good player, but is he an elite top 15 center in the NHL? There's, he's not. He's a number two. There's four. And $9 million is not what you get for a top 15 player in the NHL. These, there are four. A top 15 player makes $11 million. There are four it, players but I mean wise. making exactly $9 million in the NHL. Okay. They are Jeff Skinner, Kale McCarr, Oof. Kirill Kaprizov, and Dougie Hamilton. Three of those I players. guess you can throw Matthew Barzell in there because he makes, or uh, uh, yeah, Matthew Barzell makes nine. And when were those contracts signed? Uh, re- a while ago. Yeah, well, relevant. Recent. Yeah, so it's very relevant when they were signed because yeah. every year it goes up. Mm-hmm. And Lindholm's a healthy knock on wood. Plays a lot. Plays a ton of minutes. Plays through a lot. Um, There's like know, a dozen guys in the NHL who can do what he does. I mean, like to your point about Backlund, yes, he's got more offensive upside, but you know, just to just to touch a, a heartstring. Of Patty Duma over here, he reminds me a lot of a Yuri Lettinen type of player <laughs> with, with with the more yeah. offensive upside. Yeah, but uh, I, I would that eight year term scares the crap out of me it, for anybody. But that's kind of what you're going for at that age. Like you got to put that out mm-hmm. of your mind because that's what you're going for. This is a roundabout way of me saying this. Sure, Elias Lindholm nine million dollars, great. I'm just glad it's not going to be here. Yeah, well for sure. Oh yeah, like to fully. Start, <laughs> but, yeah, like but, great. You're nine million dollar player. You do whatever. Great, but let let him sign that somewhere else because that contract you'd be like woo. Paying this guy, we just need well, more it's, from you. It's exactly what we've just been talking about. Yeah. If you want to pay him at $9 million to be your second-line center and have a real damn good team, by all means. But what is this team going to be? And do they need him at $9 million? Or what is... No. Like, what do they continue to be if he stays and they sign him to that? They continue to be what they are right now. Well, Pick him that- between 20 and tw- 10 and 20 every year from now until forever. And to your point about mediocrity, yes, 100%, right? You you get used to the way things are going. And there hasn't been a ton of success. There's been a lot of hype, right? Yeah. And and it's never gotten over the hump. And this is not on Elias Lindholm, but for the Calgary Flames moving forward, he's not a $9 million player in their organization. It makes zero sense. Toffoli didn't want to be, you know, didn't want to be here. They He signed an eight-year deal in New Jersey. And at the start of the year, oh, we got rid of Toffoli. Look at him lighten up New Jersey. Sharon Govich ain't doing too bad. And he's, and he's, right. and he's younger. And so these these things are very hard because you get emotionally attached to guys, and when things are going great, you're like give them everything, and when they suck, get them out of town. So that being the general manager and the and the and the pro scouts and everybody's making those decisions, 
That's the tough part. We've we've seen what Lindholm is. He's a he's a very consistent player. Whether he gets you know eighty two points or whether he gets forty five points, but uh, he's not a nine million dollar player in Calgary. That's that's one hundred percent right. And again, ultimately, I think that might be a blessing. Yeah, for the Flames when it's all said and done, because he's going to get a lot of beautiful meats and cheeses from another team. <laughs> and we don't know what that deal is going to look like. But uh, eventually uh, he will, again, he's he's the guy that, I don't maybe maybe Hannafin is staying. Maybe he is. Like there, we, Francis keeps alluding that there could be an extension and there might not be, but I think there's a, and heading into this season, what did we think? We thought Lindholm was way more likely to stay than Hannafin. Yep. And now it feels like that has flipped where there's no way Lindholm is staying, and there's a chance that Hannafin might be staying here long-term. I stopped And listening. Chris Tanev could care less. I know. Chris Tanev's like, yeah, just tell me if I'm traded. I'm I here know. to win. I'm here to block shots with my face, and then if I got to go, I'll go. If I'm here, I'm giving you all I got. You know? And yeah, if I'm not and, here, and, I'll and give them all I got. that's a testament to who he is. That's, a, that, that's called character. Right. And I love it, right? Yeah. You know, everybody kind of saying, well, do I want to be here? Things are tough. Yeah, I want it. I want to have wingers that can support me and get me goals. I want to have a good D man that can get me a plot. You know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Tanev, we talk. We we waste a lot of time talking Lindholm, Hannafin. What's going to happen? Tanev is awesome. I love it. Just go out yep. there and play hard. Give me everything you got every single night. Right. Show me that toothless smile, chewing your double bubble. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and block shots, play the game, and have some fun. And he will be a uh, very nice piece to a team that acquires. Yes. Because apparently the Canucks are super interested in bringing him back. I don't know, you know, two for another trade with the Canucks. That would be Zadorov's coming back here. Zadorov, Zadorov, as Frank calls him. Yeah. Zadorov. <laughs> Very good. Here with Zadorov. 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 Double bubble. Yeah. Um, I can't even say. Uh, Sha- what do they call Shapovalov? <laughs> Shapovalov. <laughs> yeah, it's like Shapovalov. Dennis Shapovalov. Shapovalov. I don't. Shapovalov. Love. Love. I don't know if you guys have the bit in here, but when Beasley tries to say, uh, uh, or, oh. or, or not Beasley, there was somebody else on TV that was saying Shapovalovalovalovalov. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. It's not Beasley. And, he also, and then there was the one time where he smoked the ref. Bees has the Arturi <laughs> Lackanen one. <laughs> Jaden Appledovox. <laughs> you have the Arturi Lackanen one? <laughs> yeah. Time of the goal, 11.44. Center, eight minutes to play in the second, second period. It's a one-goal game again. Calgary leading San Jose 4-3. Shoveled it between the legs of Antoine Bebeau to restore the Flames' lead. C3. Adam Rushka! <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Like Assistant number 98, Ilya Soloivia. <laughs> Close enough. All right. That's I great. That I had one thing I wanted to play for you. Boom. That's okay. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, post-game. I asked him a question. And I want to get your thoughts on his Look answer. Look at Scoop Rose. Uh, Do you get nervous asking on? big oh. stars questions? Super nervous. Listen yeah. to this. A couple defensemen. Now Noah Hannafin skated almost a half hour. Other guys skated about 25 minutes. Are you cognizant of that late in the game? Understanding the guys have maybe skated a little more than they're used to and kind of trying to help no, them out in that sense? Not really. I'm out there for 60, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. Did you, that word calendar you got for Christmas is really paying off. Oh, yeah, man. cognizant. Look at you. And you used your professional voice too. Did you make eye contact uh, yes. when you were asking yeah, the I question? Yeah, I did the Steinberg. Changed my voice completely. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Hello there, uh, yes, uh, Jacob. Jacob. We're oh, here with uh, Ryan Huska today. <laughs> were, you, were you cognizant that <laughs> Noah Hannafin skated fifty-eight minutes behind you? <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I notice him. I'll give an S. I skated <laughs> sixty. Hey, Jacob, would you mind stepping out of the scrum and just talking to me one-on-one here for a second? Well, I've got some personal questions for uh, you. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, very tough loss for your group tonight. <laughs> yeah. 
It's always group, too. Uh, let's go to the Flames locker room. It drives me bananas. It drives me bananas. Uh, you got goalie numbers you want to share. Mysterious goalie numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll go really quickly Yeah, here. let's do it. Uh, so we, I picked five goalies. They're all in around the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, first goalie, he has 17 wins, a 297 goals against, a 907 save percentage, and two shutouts. The next goalie has 14 wins, a 260 goals against, and a 912 and two shutouts. Next one, 15 wins, 236 goals against, 920, and two shutouts. Uh, 17 wins, 261 goals against, 916 save percentage, and five shutouts. And the last one has 19 wins, 291 goals against, a 904 save percentage, and two shutouts. I'm going to take goalie A, and I think that's Joey Decord. Okay. That's my guess. Uh, Kron and Ro- and Maddie, you both picked uh, D, I think it was. Yep. Were, it was D. a blind. 17 wins, five shutout guy. Yep. yep. And uh, yep. GVP, you liked 15 wins, 236 goals against, a 920 save. Yeah. Okay. So, Russick, you like Jordan Bennington. Oh, oh, oh look yes. at you. Bitter. I like bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I have a soft spot for the Owen Sound attack. Future yeah. Team Canada netminder. Yeah. Look out. Yeah. Uh, Kron and Tough Rose, too. you both like Connor Ingram. Oh, oh. Ooh, I like that. He's having a good year in Zona. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, GVP, you like Joey Decord. Oh, <laughs> I knew he was on that list. The other two goalies on that list uh, were Jacob Markstrom and Pekarine. Oh, Pekarine. Pekarine. You mean UC Saros? Sorry, UC Saros. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Pekarine. Juicy. Wow. Yeah, Damn, juicy. Mesh. Yeah. Pekka having a comeback. Pekka's yeah. coming back. Well, yeah. I know. I meant UC Saros. Yeah. So those were Dust them off. In- <laughs> Ingram is having a hell of a year. Yeah, eh? He is. Oh, yeah. And Decord. He made us all forget about the cappuccino, Corel Vizmelka. <laughs> <laughs> the cappuccino. Um, you're back Wednesday? Sounds like a I'm Starbucks back Wednesday, drink. yes. Okay. Seven? Seven a.m. What do you want to do? Sure. Eight. Well, I got. Oh, got, yeah. We got Marie Philippoulin. We got MPP at 8.30. Okay. Yeah. Like you, you can come in at eight if you no, want. You I'd can be part of the Marie Philippoulin interview I, if you I'd want. I'd rather come in at seven. It's better. Might have Millsy for you as well. Yeah, yes. get Look that at, guy on. Well, that was my idea. We got to have Mills because yes. you, you love Greg Millen so much. I love him. You can ask him about his big Air- foamy pads he used to wear. <laughs> his Aeroflex pads. <laughs> yes. That all I wanted to use them for was street hockey. Yes. Because <laughs> they covered up so much space and, and, you know, you can't move as well in the net. You, he has a pair downstairs in his basement. I asked him about I those. would hope so. Yeah. Maybe I wonder. Try him on. I wonder if there's an Aeroflex club like with him and Reggie Lemelin oh, and, yeah. and, and, and a bunch of guys Lemelin? that you know they they have a Zoom so, call Rajon once Lemelin. a month to to go over. Bring yes. our Aeroflex. Hey, back in uh, back in the '90s, there uh, Reggie Lemelin and Andy Moog. That was a good one-two punch oh, for yeah. the Boston Bruins. Yes, it was. Hey, yeah. where's my poem? Oh yeah, yeah where's sh- stop? I forgot about it. It's not. Even, it's not high on the priority list. I'm going to get a reminder. Can you, the night can you remind be. him thir- Tuesday, Pat? Please. You old yeah. Matty Rose. Can you please remind him? When you lost him in the sum of all flames. I don't know, man. So it was like three weeks ago. Was it three weeks ago? Yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. Whatever. Unbelievable. All right. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Thanks for having me on, boys. That's Brent Cron, um, brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. And anything that swings, slides, or rolls, call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. Charles Davis next. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.